0: Oh, I've been waiting. Three, two, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Sauce Lab podcast. I am so glad to be back. It has been such a long hiatus. I'm so sorry for not getting you guys sooner with the NFL content. But guess what, baby? We're back. I'm so happy to be talking to you guys again. I've got a mock draft for you. The draft is on Thursday. Holy moly. I am so so excited. I have so much to talk about, so much to get into the prospects that I like, the prospects that I don't. Last week the microphone wasn't really working and this semester has just been so so insanely busy and crazy and all over the place. So it has not been time efficient to do this podcast, but now it looks like things are clearing up towards the end of the semester and I needed needed. I couldn't miss making a mock draft. You know how much I loved it last year, and I'm going to do it again today for you guys. I'm so excited. I want to get right into it because there's so much to talk about, so much craziness that has happened in the NFL. I The last episode, I think I did do one on the free agency frenzy, but what the hell is the NFL coming to? I have a whole series of episodes lined up for you guys. I've got this weird disparity between the NFC and the AFC and what's going on with that over this offseason. I've got my 20 players that I'm looking to break out. I'm going to do a draft recap. I'm going to do a best picks and a worst picks. I have so, so much planned, but I wanted to get my opinion and my idea of what is going to happen in the draft out to you guys as soon as possible. Definitely, obviously, before draft time starts. So let's get right into it with the Jaguars with the first pick in the draft. So with the first pick, this one has been tossed up in the air so much. I really do feel like Aiden Hutchinson is probably the best player for this pick. He is the most all around put together prospect from Michigan, edge rusher. And I think that now after hearing all that I've heard for the last couple weeks, I don't think that that is going to be the pick. I think that the Uh, Trent Baalke has really not given an official statement on who he feels comfortable with. He said that there's four guys in the mix, and they have the first pick. There's no reason to be dotting around all these guys if they really did have their guy. So I do think that because they have been dotting around so much, Trayvon Walker, the the edge rusher out of Georgia, really seems like he's going to be the pick. So I am going to mock it that Trayvon Walker, edge rusher out of Georgia, goes at the number one overall selection. Now, when this happens, I personally think It's going to be one of the biggest draft reaches of all time. I think whoever gets him, it seems like he's now a lock to go in the top 10 picks, and I personally don't view him as a top 10 talent in this draft. There's so many more explosive guys who really have the production in college to show for it. I know that the Georgia defense was obviously fantastic, but according to PFF, according to the statistics on the box score, according to all of that, it really just did not seem like Trayvon Walker was getting to the quarterback as much as he should have been. He definitely was unbelievable at the combine and definitely has the athleticism to eventually grow into what should be the number one pick. But as of right now, I do think that Aiden Hutchinson is the better talent. And that's why I have him going number two to the Detroit Lions. Staying in Detroit, Michigan would be a homegrown talent. The fan base would love him. Absolutely. And I'm hoping that that can all fall into place because I think that Aiden Hutchinson would be a fantastic fit there. Their defense does not have a lot of big names. Obviously, Amani or had a very good year. Charles Harris, a couple guys in those teams definitely stepped up. But I think that getting this for ferocious pass rusher, who I see a lot of TJ Watt in him. I'm not trying to make a race comparison at all, but I think that that bully big get to the quarterback type guy is exactly what Detroit needs. He fits exactly what Dan Campbell is trying to do with that defense, and I think that he would be the perfect pick at number two. I I think that he, like I just said, I think that he should go number one, but I think that the Jaguars are now leaning more Trayvon Walker, and it seems that Aiden Hutchinson is going to go to the Detroit Lions. Now, with the number three pick, the Houston Texans, it really seems like they could go with anybody and everybody here. I've heard Derek Stingley being tossed around. I've heard a receiver being tossed around. I've heard trading down is a possibility, Uh, but actually... I have them going Ikem Aquanu out of North Carolina State. Such an athletic, fantastic, can move like the best of them at the tackle position, giving them one of the best tackle duos in the NFL with Laramie Tunsil and Ikem Aquanu. Really gonna give Davis Mills the time in the pocket necessary for him to develop at the pace that they want him to I really don't think that it's necessary that they draft a quarterback just yet see what they have out of Davis Mills who knows a lot of second third fourth round quarterbacks have really broken out and I did see a lot that I really liked out of him at the end of the season last year so I would definitely be comfortable with putting more protection for Davis Mills and allowing him to really break out with Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins the guys on Brevin Jordan all the guys on that Texans offense with the next pick, my personal favorite team, the New York Jets. This pick, over the last two, three days, really seems like it's now up in the air. It seemed like it was a lock for a little bit, but I am really just praying that everything that has happened is a smokescreen. I do not want Jermaine Johnson at this pick. I do not want Derek Stingley. And while Sauce Gardner would be a fantastic addition to this Jets team, just knowing how Joe Douglas and Robert Saleh act and what they find valuable and how they valued the late round corners last year. I just do not see them getting a secondary guy. This is not the place where that's going to happen. So I've got them going with Kayvon Thibodeau, in my opinion, one of the best prospects in this entire draft. He definitely has some personality concerns, but it seems like a lot of those have been wiped off the board after these pre-draft conferences. I think that he would do such an amazing job in that Robert Sala offense, who loves to blitz, love to get to the quarterback. He has Carl Lawson, who hasn't played a full season with, or hasn't played any time with the Jets just yet. But I think that he's going to come in and really be a very solid placeholder on that defense. And I think that Kayvon Thibodeau rushing on the other side would just be nasty to opposing offenses. I think that that needs to be the pick. I definitely think that they're going to get a defensive lineman or an edge rusher at this pick. I don't see them going receiver. I see them waiting a little bit for that. We'll get to that a little bit later, but I think that as of right now, Kayvon Thibodeau has to be my pick at number four. Number five, this is a surefire, I wouldn't say lock pick because Sauce Gardner is definitely in the mix, but I think that getting another guy on the other side of Andrew Thomas is is pivotal. If they really think that Daniel Jones is their franchise guy, if they want Kadarius Toney to not be traded and actually get some value out of him, if they want Kenny Galladay to get his money's worth, if they want all of that, they need to reinsure that offensive line. And I think that Evan Neal out of Alabama is exactly who's going to do that. He, Alabama tackle prospect, I feel like you can really never go wrong. He is just a freak of nature, so great in pass protection, but really excels in the run game. He is going to be a very, very staple part of that Giants offense, I think, for years to come. And him and Andrew Thomas are both so, so young, show so much potential, and can really, really help out that line for years to come. Now, with the sixth pick, this is where I get hot. You already know, I love to make my hot Takes. I love to go crazy and make some weird kaflooey ideas. I have a plan. There is a team that is very quarterback needy at this slot in the Carolina Panthers. There's a team out there that just lost in the first round of the playoffs who seems like their quarterback is quite disgruntled. He's not showing up to OTAs. He's not. He deleted all of his stuff off of his account. He did tweet, I want to win a Super Bowl in Arizona. But I think that Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals really have dysfunction going on in their locker room. I think that there needs to be something to change it. And I think that that change is going to come on draft night as soon as they see that Sauce Garner has fallen all the way to the sixth pick. I propose that the Carolina Panthers are going to trade three first round picks. Yes, lock that in. The sixth pick, their first the year after, and the first the year after that, 23 and 24, along with Sam Darnold in exchange for Kyler Murray. What an unreal deal that would be. It would give the Cardinals so much, at so many assets in giving up a guy that really seems like he doesn't want to be there. I know that Kyler obviously has nowhere near reached his potential. He has so much more of his career to go. And it seems like even though he is a rushing style quarterback, his ability to slide and get away from, from pressure and tackles is going to make his career a lot longer than a Lamar Jackson, a Cam Newton, an RG3, something like that. So I'm definitely confident in his longevity, but if the Cardinals aren't going to be able to work out a deal eventually, I think just scrap it now. The Panthers, who are so, so quarterback hungry, now get in the playoff slash Super Bowl conversation with Kyler, Christian McCaffrey dj moore robbie anderson that team would be electric and i think that this trade works out so well for both sides so i've got sauce garner the quarterback the cornerback out of cincinnati the lockdown guy who did not allow a single catch in the red zone he now becomes the shutdown guy alongside Byron Murphy on that defense, still with J.J. Watt, still with a lot of really, really great pieces to work around, Isaiah Simmons, uh, Zaven Collins, I was going to say Chandler Jones, but he is now sadly on the Las Vegas Raiders, but that I think that that would be really a great pick. And I think that it would shore up their defense, though they would now have a question mark at quarterback. I think that the co- competition between Darnold and somebody that, could, that they could take later in the second round or the third round is really going to be a great competition. And they could eventually build something up really, really great from there. So I've got the Arizona Cardinals selecting Sauce Garner with the sixth pick. Now with the seventh pick, I've got another trade. How crazy. I know that it is so all over the place but I really think that this, all of these trades are not willy nilly. This really works out best for both sides. I think that the Giants do have a lot, a lot of needs to fill on all different parts of their football field. So I have them actually trading down with the New Orleans Saints, who trade up and end up selecting their Tehran Armstead filler, the guy who is going to become the next Tehran Armstead, Charles Cross at a Mississippi State tackle, who I think is unbelievable and i think that he should be getting a lot more hype than he than he has been he's great great in pass protection probably the best pass protection tackle in the in the this coming draft he is really going to step in and do some fantastic things so the official trade would be the saints trading both of their first round picks number Um, I just got to check this, 16 and 19 in exchange for seven and a third round pick from the Giants. I think that that is very in the cards. They get an elite guy up early in the draft and they hit the ground running. I know that they really feel confident that with Jameis there, Jameis fully healthy, MT fully healthy, Kamara's back. Their O-line is still top five in the league. They reassure it and make it honestly probably top three, top two, maybe even one in the NFL. Charles Cross at seven. Number eight, I have got Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. In my opinion, the best wide receiver prospect. Reminds me a lot of CeeDee Lamb, Calvin Ridley, OBJ, like these guys that are lanky, that can just make any cut with ease, goes up and makes the catch at the catch point so, so well, boxes out their defender, and is very strong, even though it really doesn't seem like it. It seems like he's strong at getting the ball. I think that now with Calvin Ridley on this weird suspension for gambling, I think that they need to give Marcus Mariota some options. And even when Ridley comes back next year, that's going to make such a deadly one-two punch, uh, uh, one-two-three punch with Kyle Pitts too. I completely forgot about him. But Garrett Wilson, I think, will fit very, very well into this Atlanta Falcons offense. And I think that that has to be the pick here. Number nine, we see... The first quarterback come off the board. I know that there are chances that Drew Locke ends up getting the starting job. I can honestly see it where Drew Locke still starts over this guy, but I have Malik Willis, the running, passing, dual threat quarterback out of Liberty going to the Seattle Seahawks at number nine. I think that for right now he would sit and just develop behind, but that is your new Russell Wilson. You are going to treat him the exact same way. I think that that is going to allow Pete Carroll to go into this more running style that he really wants wanted to do, and I could honestly see a case where Malik Willis sits behind Drew Locke. They have a run-centric offense with the one-two punch of Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, both hopefully fully healthy, and they really run the hell out of the ball. Pete Carroll then leaves, they have a whole new regime, and they get to step in with Malik Willis at the helm. DK Metcalf as well, Tyler Lockett, a bunch of Noah Fant, such, such great receiving weapons that I think that it's going to give Malik Willis a very easy chance to get good very, very soon. So I've got Malik Willis going at number nine to the Seattle Seahawks. Now, number 10, it seems as though... The Jets. I, I'm, I'm actually going to, so I'll save the trade. There's a trade coming later, and it is the Jets trading for Debo Samuel. I know that it has been in talks. Debo Samuel has just recently fully requested a trade. It seems like Sam Fran might be hard to budge, but I can see a trade where they trade both second round picks, both 35 and 38, as well as a third this year and a third next year in exchange for wide receiver Debo Samuel. I could see them taking away one of those thirds and throwing in Corey Davis which, personally, as a fan, I would honestly love, even though I do love Corey Davis. I think that that cap hit, along with Debo Samuel's eventual cap hit, is going to be a little bit too much for the Jets to overtake. So I've got them making that trade later, later in the draft. So because they make that trade, now with the 10th pick, they really don't feel like they need to keep that position so they actually trade back and the Minnesota Vikings only at 12 it's only a very small jump i think it will be the vikings trade their 12th pick and a third round pick this year in exchange for the 12th pick so the jets can move down two slots the vikings step up and select the alpha at corner position he'll learn uh, he'll have the tutelage of Patrick Peterson one of the best guys that has been a cornerback for the entire decade to really teach him his ways and all of that. And they end up taking Derek Stingley out of LSU. Even though last season, he was really riddled by the injury bug. He was all over the place. He really did not have as good of a season as he did his rookie year, but that ro- er, rookie year, his first year, his freshman year at LSU. But when he was a freshman, holy moly, was this not the best prospect that you've ever seen? He looked so, so elite, had that ball tracking, and I think that a big part, you guys know I love to talk about oomph, I think that he has the ability to be loud and vocal, similar to a Richard Sherman and a Jalen Ramsey, yet isn't... taking that too far and causing issues to the team. I think that he is a verbal vocal leader on that defense. Harrison Smith is obviously already there too. So he'll learn a lot from him as well. And they have Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith both rushing the passer. Like I know last year I was really not high on the Vikings defense, but now, oh, if they get Stingley with that edge rushing duo and Harrison Smith back, I real and Eric Kendrick's back. Ugh, I think that that would be a very, very good defense. And it's a very good place to start building. So now at number 12, I've got the Washington Commanders. I real, uh, You guys know how I felt about their offense last year. I thought that they were going to break out and be this explosive offense where Logan Thomas was top 15. Curtis Samuel was going to be this dynamic end around type guy. Terry McLaurin breaks out into a top eight receiver. Uh, Antonio Gibson is top five running back and Ryan Fitzpatrick has his Magic season. And none of that came true. Sadly, it really did not. But I think that this is a chance that they can kind of rebuild this in a whole different way. They go out and take Drake London, the huge, big body receiver out of USC and I think that that makes for a a dirty offense. I think that Carson Wentz, though, he is definitely not in the upper echelon. I wouldn't even say in the mid-echelon. He really is a game manager, and if everything goes right around him, I think if you have a big body, go up and get a receiver. Such an amazing deep threat in Terry McLaurin, and then also Curtis Samuel to do these end arounds and be this Debo-type role, along with keeping J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson, two of the best pass-catching backs in the entire NFL. I think that that makes for a very, very good offense. They definitely need to shore up that offensive line, and I think that they could do it here, but I think that Drake London seems to be a very good fit in this offense. They have all different types of receivers, and Wentz can really do his best at getting the ball around to all of them. Then the Jets at number 12, this is the trade back. I've got them selecting Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame. Honestly, he's been falling on draft boards a lot. He had a very slow combine, but really the ball skills, the ability to track, the ability to tackle and get in the box, and his move aroundness and shiftiness, I think needs him to go in the top 15. That is for sure. The Jets definitely have a need at strongs at safety. I mean, I know that they just got Jordan Whitehead, but I personally do not feel like Ashton Davis is going to get the job done. So I think Kyle Hamilton comes up and sure in that secondary with DJ Reed, Jordan Whitehead, all those guys, and really makes for a fantastic secondary with Kayvon Thibodeau rushing the passer. Ooh, that just makes me water at the mouth as a Jets fan. I'm so excited. Then with the 13th pick, we've got another trade to announce. At this pick is the Houston Texans. This is after the Deshaun Watson trade where they got the Browns pick. But now I think that they're in a position, like I've said earlier, they could easily trade down. I think there's a lot of guys on the board left that a lot of teams are really clamoring for and want to trade up and go get, and I think that the one that ends up doing that is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles trade from 15 to 13, very, very small jump, not really too significant. They end up trading a third rounder this year and a fifth rounder next year to move up and take Jamison Williams, the explosive wide receiver out of Alabama. I think that pairing up, Jamison and Williams, Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts, that just sounds fan Fantastic! I think that that is exactly what they need. Another deep threat. They can really open it up and hope that Jalen Hurts progresses in the passing game and doesn't just stick to his running style that they really seem to work off of last year. I think they'll definitely come out of the gate still running the ball a lot to both Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. They're going to maintain the run a lot, but I think that as the year goes on, Hurts continues to progress as a passer. Devonta Smith and Jamison Williams both could easily move into top 30 wide receiver, seasons in the whole league, both at the same time in that Philadelphia Eagles offense with Dallas Goddard with still a top eight offensive line. I love where this team is going. If they make that move, I hope that they do. Now at number 14, this one was a big toss if it's the Baltimore Ravens. I think that they have a couple needs on defense with how old guys are getting. I could see them going defensive line. I could see them going linebacker, but I actually have them going Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington. A lot of guys have him dotting all over, but I really do see him as my cornerback three in this draft class. I see him honestly filling the Marcus Peters role. I could see them moving Peters to slot. I could see them cutting him, I could see them trading him for like a Day three random pick. I could see a lot of things happening, but I think McDuffie fits really, really well alongside Marlon Humphrey in that Baltimore Ravens defense. And I just see, I feel like that's just a pick that's like meant to be. It's the purple going to purple. It really just fits what the Baltimore Ravens are trying to do. I know they don't have Wink Martindale anymore, but that defense is really still going to be elite. Odafe Owe is definitely still progressing. Patrick Queen, I hope for a big year out of him. Uh, Chuck Elliott, like, ugh. There's so many. Oh no, I I mixed two guys. A uh, Chuck Clark. Oh, oh no, Marcus Williams. I I completely forgot Marcus Williams. That is going to be a nasty secondary. Oh my! Now that I'm actually thinking of it, I'm putting it all out in my mind. That is going to be a nasty secondary for sure for years to come. Now at number 15, the Texans now with their trade back scenario, I think that they stay put. I could honestly see another trade. I think that that's a move that a lot of teams haven't utilized is like the triple trade back and taking a very late guy in the first that ends up falling on a team that needs a lot of help and then they just get draft picks for years and years to come. But I have the Texans staying and they get Devin Lloyd, middle linebacker out of Utah. It really seems like he has put himself in a different class than Nicobe Dean. He's more of a three-down linebacker. He can pass coverage. He can fill in the run gaps. And I think that he will be a very, very pivotal part of that Texans defense. They really have no pieces right now. So I think that he's a good vocal, verbal leader on that defense to really get things started and to continue working from there. Now at number 16, this is the Giants on their trade down. So this is originally the Eagles pick. The Giants now are on the clock and they have Jermaine Johnson edge out of Florida State. Like I said earlier, I don't want the Jets to go out and get them at, get him at four, but I do think that at 16, this is a fantastic value for a guy that's going to be on the other side of Aziz Jalari. It seems like he's really good at getting to the quarterback. He's very, very fast, has a ton of moves in his like back pocket that he could just whip out. It seems like he doesn't have the same character issues that like a guy like Tekevon Thibodeau has. Like a couple other guys in this draft and it really seems like he's been killing it in all of his draft interviews so i would love to see Jermaine Johnson rush up on, alongside Aziz Ojalari on that defense that is really going to get to the quarterback now at number 17 i have got the LA Chargers, a team that has definitely made the most the most moves this offseason. It seems like every piece was flying. They have so many big-name guys, both on offense and on defense, defense especially. Are you kidding? Derwin James, Joey Bosa, JC Jackson, Khalil Mack. Those four, I think, are each top five, top six at their position which is so unbelievable to say that they have four top six guys at their position on one defense altogether. And I think the way to really shore that up is to get a run-stopping defensive tackle. I know they already got Sebastian Joseph Day, but they can really fill in a two-gap type thing, and they get Jordan Davis, the defensive lineman out of Georgia, just a bully, an absolute monster, I think. Sebastian Joseph Day isn't the long, long long-term answer. I know that they signed him for three years, but I could easily see Jordan Davis coming in and being this mauler, that really fills the Jerry Tillery role better than he could ever do. He was atrocious last year, and I think that Jordan Davis would fit right into this defense and be a very, very good pick. Now at number 18, we are back with the Philadelphia Eagles. They've got another pick. This is the year of the double pick for teams. So many teams have two picks, and so many teams are just not in this first round. It's kind of crazy, but whatever, we stick with it. Now, at their last pick, they they took Jamison Williams. I assume that that'll probably mean that they're getting rid of Jalen Rager, a bunch of stuff. I really like where they're going with this defense, but I think that a big thing with this defense is to get a guy alongside Darius Slay, who can really be another shutdown corner, and allow for Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, all these guys to really get to the quarterback at the best of their abilities, and that is by taking Andrew Booth Jr., the cornerback, out of Clemson. He fits really well, long, rangy, it seems like he has the ability to go up and get it, and is like a pick artist, which I love, I um, that's a, straight out of Madden, straight out of Madden, but... He, he really seems like he has ball skills like no other, and I think that he would fit very, very well alongside the lockdown corner in Darius Slay and really make for the best possibilities on that defense. Then at number 19, the third Giants pick of the draft, they're really shoring up all different areas with this pick. I look at their team and even though they already did help their offensive line, Nick Gates at center is just a massive L. I, People could say what they want about him. He is not a starting caliber guy. So they go out and get the best uh, center prospect in this draft, arguably one of the best in the last five, six years. And that is Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa. When I think Iowa o lineman, I think push and hay bales. I think In the farm with their dad, just mauling. And that is exactly what Linderbaum is going to do on this Giants defense. Are you kidding me? Go from one of the worst uh, offensive lines in the league to now having two, three unbelievably young guys that have so, so much potential to really shine. I think that'll help Saquon. That'll help Daniel Jones. That'll help everybody work out so, so much in New York. I think that honestly, if they make this trade and they can somehow land Jermaine Johnson, Tyler Linderbaum, and Evan Neal, That is the winner of the draft. At at this point, at least, you guys can obviously make your picks at the end. Then I've got pick number 20. The Steelers don't have to move, and they take the quarterback, the hometown kid. The fan base goes crazy, and Kenny Pickett is the pick, I think, that he also sits behind Mitchell Trubisky for this year, but it seems like he has that confidence, that um, oomph. I wouldn't say that he is the second best quarterback prospect in this draft. I would say that he definitely has a lot of charisma, definitely has some great throw-on-the-run capabilities, and I think that learning under that Mike Tomlin offense, ooh, that just sounds like a success story waiting to happen. I love the pick here. I think that they he sits under Trubisky, like I said, learns from him. Even though Trubisky has bounced around a lot, he's been on a very successful offense last year with the Buffalo Bills. And then even though the offense wasn't as successful, he was a playoff quarterback. He was a Pro Bowl quarterback. He definitely does have some knowledge to teach Kenny Pickett. And I'm very excited to see Pickett thrive in that offense. Now, at number 21, I have got the New England Patriots actually taking a receiver. They're trying to now get Mac Jones, his weapons, try to get the most out of him as a player. And I've got them going with Chris Olave out of Ohio State, a guy that definitely has steadily gone down as his college career has gone on but he is still a truly elite talent chris olave seems like he is going to be that guy in the league and i think pairing him alongside hunter henry Johnu smith jacoby myers and even Kendrick Bourne I think that that makes for a fantastic receiving core in general they really go out and try to get Mac as many weapons as possible I still think that Damien Harris has untapped potential that he has not unlocked yet and their offensive line is still great I think that this move really vaults them back from one of the worst offenses in the league back to average if and they're still super young so a lot a lot a lot of room to grow with that pick now at number 22 this one i feel like is almost a surefire lock at this point i've seen it going in so many mocks he is one of my favorite players in the draft if not my favorite, I have loved him literally since two months ago, since I first started doing the draft prospect, and I just see so much greatness out of this guy in this current day and age NFL, and that is Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. He reminds me of a mini Debo, AJ Brown comparison, and putting him on the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, oh my gosh, I see a fantasy top 25 finish in his first year. Literally, I think that that is going to be such a crazy move if they can make it happen. He can do jet sweeps. He can run around. You could put the ball in his hands and he just makes work happen. So I'm really, I really hope that this pick does happen. I think that if they don't go with Burks, they're definitely going to go with a different receiver at this pick. I think that they need to get rid of this notion that they can take receivers later and they finally pull the trigger. They get that receiver that they've always been looking for. Not always, I mean, they just had Devontae Adams, but that they are looking for in this offseason, but Traylon Burks would be a fantastic fit. Number 23, this is now to fill in the Chandler Jones role. The Cardinals take George Karloftis out of Purdue, a guy that originally, like a couple weeks ago, was being mocked up in the top 10, who has slid a little bit. I definitely think that he's going to continue to slide, but I think that 23 is a very, very good spot to take him. Very strong, just doesn't have like the speed and bend to get around to the outside, but can just bully and bull rush. And I think that that is going to be a really good fit on that Arizona Cardinals defense. by adding Sauce Garner and George Karloftis on that defense, not to mention the draft capital for the next two seasons to have two firsts, two years in a row, I think that that is exactly what the Cardinals need to end up going out and making more and more and more moves. So I really like that pick. Number 24, this one. All okay, right, so 24 and 25 for a while i have just been flip-flop, flip-flop, flip-flop. Uh, I have them going with Devontae Wyatt, the defensive lineman out of Georgia. Uh, I think that that will fit really good. Osa Digizua had a really, really good season. I know Demarcus Lawrence is back fully healthy. So there is a chance that they already have a solidified D line and they end up going linebacker instead. That's the other uh, position that I was thinking that they could go here. But I think that they ultimately see the upside in Wyatt. Wyatt is really, really great. He's fast. He can get to the quarterback from that defensive tackle position. And I think that in that defense with Micah Parsons, with Trayvon Diggs on the outside, I think that that would be a really, really great fit. Now at 25, the Buffalo Bills. This is the other guy that I thought definitely could have gone to the Cowboys, and I think that the Bills could have also gotten Wyatt, but I have Nakobe Dean, linebacker out of Georgia, going to the Buffalo Bills, pairing alongside Tremaine Edmonds. It seems like he's at the end of his deal, and I do not know if he's warranted a brand new contract. Matt Milano is still there, but he's getting paid a lot. I could see them working off of his books as well. I just see there is a possibility that Nicobe Dean can come in. He was such a big producer and part of that Georgia defense that made it all the way to the national championship, and he is going to be a very, very big leader on that Buffalo Bills defense. I'm really excited to see what he is able to do, and I think that he will explode on that defense with Tredavious White, with Vaughn Miller now rushing the quarterback, with all of these great guys. I think um, it was Tim Settle is their defensive tackle now. I think that he is going to really have a great year. Look for him on the breakouts list <laughs> for sure. But I think the Kobe Dean will fit right into that Buffalo Bills defense very, very easily. At number 26, this is, I, this is the Titans pick. I think that they definitely need to get a guy that rushes alongside Harold Landry on the other side. I'm not sure. I've been tossed up in the air whether it's going to be Arnold Ebiketti or Boye Mafe. Boye Mafe, Arnold Ebiketti. At this point, I think Ebiketti has had a little bit more hype over the last week or two. So I have him, the edge rusher out of Penn State, very, very fast, and seems like he has a lot of moves as well. Not as refined of an edge rusher, but I definitely think that with the Titans, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, uh, Jayon Brown in the middle manning that defense, I think that they have two really, really young, untapped potential corners on both sides in Caleb Farley and Christian Fulton. And I really do see that Arnold Ebacetti could easily step in and be a very, very big contributor right away for the Tennessee Titans defense. Then with the 27th pick, the Buccaneers, I think that as long as Tom Brady is there, they're doing everything in their power to keep this guy away from all contact. They don't want to see any late career injuries, any too many hits at the age of 45 or whatever the hell he is. I think that they go Zion Johnson, the guard out of Boston College, to fill in the Ali Marpet role. I know that they just got Shaq Mason, but I think that was more to fill in Alex Kappa's role. They really just continue to shore up that offensive line and go from dropping from maybe one to three right back up to one, which I love to see. That will be a very, very good pick for the Buccaneers. At number 28, I have the Packers selecting Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa, the tackle. He definitely has some problems, some flaws, and I could see him falling out of the first round, but I'd see that as of right now, I think they have Elton Jenkins starting at their right tackle position, and he profiles a lot better as a guard. I know that he could slide all around, and if you could put him at tackle, that's definitely going to help them, but I think slide him back to left guard, make that left side so OP with with a healthy Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, and then have... Uh, Trevor Penning on the other side, I think that is really going to shore up that offense. And with Traylon Burks, I think that that is going to be a problem waiting to happen, a problem in a good way. I, I, I'm going to say this on a lot of episodes coming up. We have a lot more time to talk, me and you. But I really do see that the Packers this year, I think are going to go with a lot more run-centric system now that Aaron Rodgers is on his way, is older. I know that he just got the brand new contract and he still does want to sling it around. And I think that they definitely do want to keep what he wants in their best interest. But when you have Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, such a stout O-line and not so many receiving options, and the guy that I have them getting at receiver seems to run the ball almost better than he can catch. So I could see them going with a very run-centric system, and Trevor Penning will really help in the run game for sure. At number 29, it's 29 and 30, both Chiefs picks. I've got them getting. This is a guy that I feel like fits the Chiefs so well. He's going to be just like Tyree Kill. I mean, obviously, you can't make a comparison to Tyree Kill, especially at the end of the first round. But George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia, I see him just being a fly around guy and he is really going to step it up and be a huge, huge contributor for Patrick Mahomes. Juju is obviously there. Uh, Travis Kelsey is still there. I still think that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has a lot of untapped potential and he could still break out and be a lot better near, and probably this is his last year to show it, but I think that he definitely has some untapped potential. And I think that adding Pickens to that offense would be lethal With Patrick Mahomes, that deep ball is going to go crazy their other pick, the 30th pick, I've got them going Kair Elam. A lot of guys have him as their third or or fourth corner. I've got him at number 5 personally, and I have him going all the way to the Chiefs. They definitely did shore up their secondary this off season a little bit, but without Matthew, without that big vocal guy on that defense, I know Chris Jones is obviously still there. I think Elam steps in and is a big big contributor. At number 31, the Super Bowl losers, but a team that shocked the entire world, the Cincinnati Bengals go out and get a guy with injury concerns, but I think has so much potential, a guy that I thought was going to go lock top 12 picks before he had his injury at the Senior Bowl and that is David Ojabo, edge out of Michigan. I think that when they have Trey Hendrickson, they have Larry Ogunjobi, BJ Hill, Logan Wilson, a lot of guys in this front seven that are already very talented. They don't need a guy who needs to come in and automatically make such a big difference. But I think that you give him a little bit of time to rehab, rest up, and continue to work. And he is maybe the, the fastest edge rusher in this entire class. He really can get to the quarterback with the best of them. Such a fantastic athlete. And I have got the Bengals. I mean, they they really do need a guy on the other side of Trey Hendrickson rushing the passer, and I think that Ojabo would fit that very, very well. And now, with the final pick in the 2022 NFL Draft projected by the Sauce Lab podcast, we've got the Detroit Lions getting the successor to Jared Goff in Matt Corral, quarterback out of Mississippi. He, in my opinion... I am so, so high on Corral. I think that he can make throws on the run like he's Patrick Mahomes. I know that he played in a very RPO style offense back in college in Miss at Ole Miss, but holy moly, I think that he can he has an arm. He has a rocket. I think that he he developing under golf will really, really help. Golf starts for the year. He sits. Develops and the next year with DJ Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown and TJ Hawkinson and a top 10 line in the NFL, there is no way that that is not at least a formidable offense. I think that they will do really, really great things with Corral at the helm. DeAndre Swift, obviously, there. I really love the way that this Lions team is going, and I think that they don't need to make such an immediate push move. I think that they already know that they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. So getting a guy to develop, they have their quarterback figured out for the next five years, it sounds perfect. They get him in that first year so they can put him on that fifth year tender. It all makes too much sense. So I've got Matt Corral going to the Detroit Lions to end out the draft. Alright so that is it for my mock draft. I did want to quickly go back and give you some guys that I do think that I I don't have in my first round that I do think could 100% sneak into that first round territory that are really really going that are going to be very very efficient players. I think that this draft class is so so deep that is what everybody continues to say and the tape on these guys are really really something. So some guys that I think could definitely go in the first round are Boye Mafé, Kenyon Green, Sky Moore, Lewis Seen, Roger McCreary, Travis Jones, Jahan Dotson. I think a team might take a swing on Desmond Ritter, Leo Chanel, um, and Jalen Petrie, I guess. But that's almost stretching it. I think that the guys that I put in that first round almost seem like they're all locks to go in that first round. I think Matt Corral and David Ojabo will probably be the biggest question marks just because of the stat, like so many people in the quarterback class and David Ojabo's injuries. But those other guys, I could definitely see sliding up into the first round. I cannot tell you guys how excited I am to watch this draft. I don't think that I'm going to do a live reaction like I did last draft. But I do think that, or do think, I know that I will be doing a reaction video where I talk about all the picks that ended up happening, saying what went right, what went wrong, any crazy trades that happened, all of it. You know that I will break it down here for you guys. It is so great to be back. I love making these for you guys. You know I'm always here to talk football, and I'm very excited for the schedule to come back. Have a great day. Have a great week. I will see you this weekend when I break down the mock. So have a fantastic draft, and peace.